So we begin week 20 at day 134 and we continue through First Kings that we've moved into now and the first couple of chapters that with that and then the corresponding Second Chronicles. But we begin with King Solomon in First Kings chapter 3 verse 16. Then two women who were prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One woman said, Please, my lord, this woman and I live in the same house, and I had a baby while she was in the house. On the third day after I gave birth, she also had a baby, and we were alone. No one else was with us in the house, just the two of us were there. During the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. She got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your servant was asleep. She laid him at her breast, and she put her dead son in my arms. When I got up in the morning to nurse my son, I discovered he was dead. That morning, when I looked closely at him... I realised that he was not the son I gave birth to. No, the other woman said, my son is the living one, your son is the dead one. The first woman said, no, your son is the dead one, my son is the living one. So they argued before the king. The king replied, this woman says, this is my son who is alive and your son is dead. But that woman says, no, your son is dead and my son is alive. The king continued, bring me a sword. So they brought the sword to the king. Solomon said, Cut the living boy in two and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive spoke to the king because she felt great compassion for her son. My lord, give her the living baby, she said, but please don't have him killed. But the other one said, he will not be mine or yours, cut him in two. The king responded, give the living baby to the first woman and don't kill him, she is his mother. All Israel heard about the judgment the king had given And they stood in awe of the king because they saw that God's wisdom was in him to carry out justice. Then we quickly quickly read 1 Kings 11, verse 21 and 22. When Hadad heard in Egypt that David rested with his fathers and that Joab, the commander of the army, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me leave so I can go to my own country. But Pharaoh asked him, What do you lack here with me for you to want to go back to your own country? Nothing hereby, but please let me leave. And then back into First Kings chapter 4. King Solomon ruled over Israel, and these were his officials. Azariah, son of Zadok, priest. Elihoreph and Ahijah, the sons of Shisha, secretaries. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, historian. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, in charge of the army. Zadok and Abiathar, priests. Azariah, son of Nathan, in charge of the deputies. Zabud, son of Nathan, a priest and advisor to the king. Ahishar in the charge of the palace, and Adoniram, son of Abda, in charge of forced labour. Solomon had twelve deputies for all Israel. They provided food for the king and his household. Each one made provision for one month out of the year. These were their names. Ben-Hur in the hill country of Ephraim, Ben-Dekar in Machaz, Shalbim, Beth-Shemesh, and Elon, Beth-Hanan. Ben-Hesed in Araboth. He had Soko in the whole land of Hefer. Ben Adinabad in all Naphath Dor, Tapath, daughter of Solomon, was his wife. Bana, son of Ahilud in Tanakh, Megiddo and all Beth Shean, which is beside Zarathan, below Jezreel, from Beth Sheen to Abel Meloha, as far as the other side of Jukmim. Ben Geber in Ramoth Gilead, he had the villages of Jair, son of Manasseh, which are in Gilead, and he had the region of Argob, which is in Bashan. Sixty great cities with walls and bronze bars. Ahinadab son of Edo in Mahanaim. Ahimaz in Naphtali. He also had married a daughter of Solomon. 
Basamath, Bana son of Hushi, and Asher and Bilaoth, Jehoshaphat son of Parua and Ishkar, Shimei son of Elah and Benjamin, Geber son of Uri in the land of Gilead, the country of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and of Og, king of Bashan. There was one deputy in the land of Judah. Solomon's provisions for one day were 150 bushels of fine flour and 300 bushels of meat, 10 fattened oxen, 20 range oxen, and 100 sheep, besides deer, gazelles, roebucks, and pen-fed poultry. Then we read from 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 27, through to chapter 5, verse 12. Each of those deputies for a month in turn provided food for King Solomon and for everyone who came to King Solomon's table. They neglected nothing. Each man brought the barley and the straw for the chariot teams and the other horses to the required place according to his assignment. Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon when he heard that he had been anointed king in his father's place, for Hiram had always been friends with David. So Solomon sent this message to Hiram. You know my father David was not able to build a temple for the name of the Lord his God. This was because of the warfare all around him until the Lord put his enemies under his feet. The Lord my God has now given me rest all around. There is no enemy or crisis. So I plan to build a temple for the name of the Lord my God, according to what the Lord promised my father David. I will put your son on your throne in your place, and he will build the temple for my name. Therefore command that cedars from Lebanon be cut down for me, My servants will be with your servants, and I will pay your servants' wages according to whatever you say, for you know that not a man among us knows how to cut timber like the Sidonians. When Hiram heard Solomon's words, he greatly rejoiced and said, May the Lord be praised today. He has given David a wise son to be over this great people. When Hiram sent a message to reply to Solomon, saying, I have heard your message. I will do everything you want regarding the cedar and cypress timber. My servants will bring down the logs from Lebanon to the sea, and I will make them into rafts to go by sea to the place you indicate. I will break them apart there, and you can take them away. You then can meet my needs by providing my household with food. So Hiram provided Solomon with all the cedar and cypress timber he wanted. And Solomon provided Hiram with 100,000 bushels of wheat as food for his household and 110,000 gallons of beaten oil. Solomon did this for Hiram year after year. The Lord gave Solomon wisdom as he had promised him. There was peace between Hiram and Solomon, and the two of them made a treaty. Then we read chapter 7, verse 13 to 14. King Solomon had Hiram brought from Tyre. He was a widow's son from the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a bronze craftsman. Hiram had great skill, understanding, and knowledge to do every kind of bronze work. So he came to King Solomon and carried out all his work. Then we read 2 Chronicles Read chapter verse 1, chapter 2, and then from verse 3 to 16. Solomon decided to build a temple for the name of the Lord and a royal palace for himself. Then Solomon sent word to King Haram of Tyre, Do for me what you did for my father David. You sent him cedars to build him a house to live in. Now I myself am building a temple for the name of the Lord my God in order to dedicate it to him for burning sweet incense before him, for displaying the rose of the bread of the presence continuously, and for sacrificing burnt offerings for the evening and the morning, the Sabbath and the new moons, and the appointed festivals of the Lord our God. This is ordained for Israel forever. The temple that I am building will be great, for our God is greater than any of the gods. But who is able to build a temple for him, since even heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain him? 
Who am I then that I should build a house for him, except as a place to burn incense before him? Therefore send me a craftsman who is skilled in engraving to work with gold, silver, bronze and iron, and with purple, crimson and blue yarn. He will work with the craftsmen who are with me in Judah and Jerusalem, appointed by my father David. Also send me cedars, cypress and algum logs from Lebanon, for I know that your servants know how to cut the trees of Lebanon. Note that my servants will be with your servants to prepare logs for me in abundance, because the temple I am building will be great and wonderful. I will give your servants, the woodcutters who cut the trees, 100,000 bushels of wheat flour, 100,000 bushels of barley, 110,000 gallons of wine, and 110,000 gallons of oil. Then King Haram of Tyre wrote a letter and sent it to Solomon. Because the Lord loves his people, he set you over them as king. Hiram also said, May the Lord God of Israel, who made the heavens and the earth, be praised. He gave King David a wise son with insight and understanding, who will build a temple for the Lord and a royal palace for himself. I have now sent Huram a bee, a skilful man who has understanding. He is the son of a woman from the daughters of Dan. His father is a man of Tyre. He knows how to work with gold, silver, bronze, iron, stone and wood, with purple, blue, crimson yarn and fine linen. He knows how to do all kinds of engraving and to execute any design that may be given him. I have sent him to be with your craftsmen and the craftsmen of my lord, your father David. Now let my lord send the wheat, barley, oil and wine to his servants as promised. We will cut logs from Lebanon, as many as you need, and bring them to you as rafts by sea to Joppa. You can then take them up to Jerusalem. And then we read First Kings chapter 5, verse 13 to 18. Then King Solomon drafted forced labourers from all Israel. The labour force numbered 30,000 men. He sent 10,000 to Lebanon each month in shifts. One month they were in Lebanon, two months they were at home. Adoniram was in charge of the forced labour. Solomon had 70,000 porters and 80,000 stonecutters in the mountains, not including his 3,300 deputies in charge of the work. They ruled over the people doing the work. The king commanded them to quarry large, costly stones to lay the foundation of the temple with dressed stones. So Solomon's builders and Haram's builders, along with the Gebelites, quarried the stone and prepared the timber and stone for the temple's construction. Then we go back into Second Chronicles 2 verse 2. So he assigned 70,000 men as porters, 80,000 men as stonecutters in the mountains, and 3,600 as supervisors over them. And then verse 17 and 18 of Second Chronicles chapter 2 to finish today. Solomon took a census of all the foreign men in the land of Israel. After the census that his father David had conducted and the total was 153,600. Solomon made 70,000 of them porters, 80,000 stonecutters in the mountains, and 3,600 supervisors to make the people work. And there we end the first day, day 134 of week 20. Day 135, and we continue through First, First Kings and Second Chronicles. And also today we have a few Proverbs and Psalms thrown in as well. So we begin at, begin, begin at... 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 39 to 46. But then at the end of three years, two of Shemai's slaves ran away to Ashish, son of Machal, Luke, king of Gath. Shemai was informed, Look, your slaves are in Gath. So Shemai saddled his donkey and set out to Ashish to Gath to search for his slaves. He went and brought them back from Gath. 
It was reported to Solomon that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and had returned. So the king summoned Shimei and said to him, Didn't I make you swear by the Lord and warn you, saying, On the day you leave and go anywhere else, know for sure that you will certainly die? And you said to me, This sentence is fair, I will obey. So why have you not kept the Lord's oath and the command that I gave you? The king also said, You yourself know all the evil that you did to my father David. Therefore the Lord has brought back your evil on your head. But King Solomon will be blessed, and David's throne will remain established before the Lord forever. Then the king commanded Benaiah son of Jehoiada, and he went out and struck Shammai down, and he died. So the kingdom was established in Solomon's hand. Then we read Proverbs chapter 31, verse 1 to 31. The words of King Lumel, an oracle that his mother taught him. What should I say, my son? What son of my womb? What son of my vows? Don't spend your energy on women or your efforts on those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire beer. Otherwise they will drink, forget what is decreed, and pervert justice for all the oppressed. Give beer to the one who is dying and wine to one whose life is bitter. Let him drink so that he can forget his poverty and remember his trouble no more. Speak up for those who have no voice for the justice of all who are dispossessed. Speak up, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. Who can find a capable wife? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will not lack anything good. She rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from far away. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and portions for her servants. She evaluates a field and buys it. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. She draws on her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. She sees that her profits are good and her lamp never goes out at night. She extends her hands to the spinning staff and her hands hold the spindle. Her hands reach out to the poor and she extends her hands to the needy. She is not afraid for her household when it snows for all in her household are doubly clothed. She makes her own bed coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. She makes and sells linen garments. She delivers belts to the merchants. Strength and honour are her clothing and she can laugh at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and loving instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. Her sons rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Many women are capable but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labour and let her works praise her at the city gates. And then we read 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 1-37. to Solomon began to build the temple for the Lord in the 480th year after the Israelites came out from the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of his reign over Israel in the second month in the month of Ziv. The temple that King Solomon built for the Lord was 90 feet long, 30 feet wide and 45 feet high. The portico in front of the temple sanctuary was 30 feet long, extending across the temple's width and 15 feet deep in front of the temple. He also made windows with beveled frames for the temple. He then built a chambered structure along the temple wall, encircling the walls of the temple, that is the sanctuary and the inner sanctuary, and he made side chambers all around. The lowest chamber was seven and a half feet wide, 
The middle was 9 feet wide and the third was 10.5 feet wide. He also provided offset ledges for the temple all around the outside so that nothing would be inserted into the temple's walls. The temple's construction used finished stones cut at the quarry so that no hammer, chisel or any iron tool was heard in the temple while it was being built. The door for the lower side chamber was on the right-hand side of the temple. They went up a stairway to the middle chamber and from the middle to the third. When he finished building the temple, he panelled it with boards and planks of cedar. He built the chambers along the entire temple, joined to the temple with cedar beams. Each story was seven and a half feet high. The word of the Lord came to Solomon, As for this temple you are building, if you walk in my statutes, execute my ordinances, and keep all my commandments by walking in them, I will fulfil my promise to you which I made to your father David. I will live among the Israelites and not abandon my people Israel. When Solomon finished building the temple, he panelled the interior temple walls with cedar boards. From the temple floor to the surface of the ceiling, he overlaid the interior with wood. He also overlaid the floor with cypress boards. Then he lined thirty feet of the rear of the temple with cedar boards from the floor to the surface of the ceiling, and he built the interior as an inner sanctuary, the most holy place. The temple, that is the sanctuary in front of the most holy place, was sixty feet long. The cedar panelling inside the temple was carved with ornamental girds and flower blossoms. Everything was cedar, not a stone could be seen. He prepared the inner sanctuary inside the temple to put the Ark of the Lord's Covenant there. The interior of the sanctuary was thirty feet long, thirty feet wide and thirty feet high. He overlaid it with pure gold. He also overlaid the cedar altar. Next Solomon overlaid the interior of the temple with pure gold and he hung gold chains across the front of the inner sanctuary and overlaid it with gold. So he added the gold overlay to the entire temple until everything was completely finished, including the entire altar that belongs in the inner sanctuary. In the inner sanctuary he made two cherubim fifteen feet high out of olive wood. One wing of the first cherub was seven and a half feet long, and the other wing was seven and a half feet long. The wingspan was fifteen feet from tip to tip. The second cherub was also was fifteen feet. Both cherubim had the same size and shape. The first cherub's height was fifteen feet, and so was the second cherub's. Then he put the cherubim inside the inner temple. Since their wings were spread out, the first one's wing touched one wall, while the second cherub's wing touched the other wall, and in the middle of the temple their wings were touching wing to wing. He also overlaid the cherubim with gold. He carved all the surrounding temple walls with carved engravings, cherubim, palm trees and flower blossoms, in both the inner and outer sanctuaries. He overlaid the temple floor with gold in both the inner and outer sanctuaries. For the entrance of the inner sanctuary he made olive wood doors. The pillars of the doorposts were five-sided. The two doors were made of olive wood. He carved cherubim, palm trees and flower blossoms on them and overlaid them with gold, hammering gold over the cherubim and palm trees. In the same way, he made four-sided olive wood doorposts for the sanctuary entrance. The two doors were made of cypress wood. The first door had two folding sides and the second door had two folding panels. He carved cherubim, palm trees and flower blossoms on them and overlaid them with gold applied evenly over the carving. He built the inner courtyard with three rows of dressed stone and a row of trimmed cedar beams. The foundation of the Lord's temple was laid in Solomon's fourth year in the month of Ziv. Then we read Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labour over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchmen stay alert in vain. 
In vain you get up early and stay up late, eating food earned by hard work. Certainly he gives sleep to the one he loves. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, children a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. Such men will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gate. And then we read Second Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1-14 to, to finish today. Then Solomon began to build the Lord's temple in Jerusalem, on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David, at the site David had prepared on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. He began to build on the second day of the second month in the fourth year of his reign. These are Solomon's foundations for building God's temple. The length was ninety feet and the width thirty feet. The portico which was across the front, extending across the width of the temple, was thirty feet wide, its height was thirty feet. He overlaid its inner surface with pure gold. The larger room he panelled with cypress wood, overlaid with fine gold and decorated with palm trees and chains. He adorned the temple with precious stones for beauty, and the gold was the gold of Parvium. He overlaid the temples, the beams, the thresholds, its walls and doors with gold, and he carved cherubim on the walls. Then he made the most holy place. Its length corresponded to the width of the temple, thirty feet, and its width was thirty feet. He overlaid it with 45,000 pounds of fine gold. The weight of the nails was 20 ounces of gold, and he overlaid the ceiling with gold. He made two cherubim of sculptured work for the most holy place, and he overlaid them with gold. The overall length of the wings of the cherubim was 30 feet. The wing of one was 7.5 feet, touching the wall of the room. Its other wing was 7.5 feet, touching the wing of the other cherub. The wing of the other cherub was 7.5 feet, touching the wall of the room. Its other wing was seven and a half feet, reaching the wing of the other cherub. The wingspan of these cherubim was thirty feet. They stood on their feet and faced the larger room. He made the veil of blue, purple and crimson yarn and fine linen, and he wove cherubim into it. And there we end, day 135. Day 136, and we continue through First Kings and Second Chronicles. Um, but today we start off with a psalm, 128 verse 1 to 6. How happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You will surely eat what your hands have worked for. You will be happy and it will go well for you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house, your sons like young olive trees around your table. In this very way, the man who fears the Lord will be blessed. May the Lord bless you from Zion so that you will see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life and you will see your children's children. Peace be with Israel. And then we read from 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 38, through to chapter 7, verse 50. In his eleventh year, in the eighth month, in the month of Bul, the temple was completed in every detail and according to every specification. So he built it in seven years. Solomon completed his entire palace complex after thirteen years of construction. He built a house of the forest of Lebanon. It was 150 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high, on four rows of cedar pillars with cedar beams on top of the pillars. It was panelled above with cedar at the top of the chambers that rested on 45 pillars, 15 per row. There were three rows of window frames facing each other in three tiers. All the doors and doorposts had rectangular frames, the openings facing each other in three tiers. He made the hall of pillars 75 feet long and 45 feet wide. A portico was in front of the pillars and a canopy with pillars was in front of them. He made the hall of the throne where he would judge, 
the Hall of Judgment. It was panelled with cedar from the floor to the rafters. Solomon's own palace where he would live in the other courtyard behind the hall was of similar construction, and he made a house like this hall for Pharaoh's daughter, his wife. All of these buildings were of costly stones cut to size and sawed with saws on the inner and outer surfaces, from foundation to coping and from the outside to the great courtyard. The foundation was made of large costly stones 12 and 15 feet long. Above were also costly stones cut to size as well as cedar wood. Around the great courtyard as well as the inner courtyard of the Lord's Temple and the portico of the temple were three rows of dressed stone and a row of trimmed cedar beams. He cast two hollow bronze pillars, each 27 feet high and 18 feet in circumference. He also made two capitals of cast bronze to set on top of the pillars. Seven and a half feet was the height of the first capital, and seven and a half feet was also the height of the second capital. The capitals on top of the pillars had gratings of latticework, wreaths made of chainwork, seven for the first capital and seven for the second. He made the pillars with two encircling rows of pomegranates on the one grating to cover the capital on top. He did the same for the second capital. And the capitals on top of the pillars in the portico were shaped like lilies six feet high. The capitals on the two pillars were also immediately above the rounded surface next to the grating, and two hundred pomegranates were in rows encircling each capital. He set up the pillars at the portico of the sanctuary, he set up the right pillar and named it Jachin, then he set up the left pillar and named it Boaz. The tops of the pillars were shaped like lilies, then the work of the pillars was completed. He made the cast metal reservoir fifteen feet from brim to brim, perfectly round. It was seven and a half feet high and forty-five feet in circumference. Ornamental girds encircled it below the brim, ten every half yard, completely encircling the reservoir. The gourds were cast in two rows when the reservoir was cast. It stood on twelve oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south and three facing east. The reservoir was on top of them and all their hindquarters were toward the centre. The reservoir was three inches thick and its rim was fashioned like the brim of a cup or of a lily blossom. It held eleven thousand gallons. Then he made ten brawn water carts. Each water cart was six feet long, six feet wide and four and a half feet high. This was the design of the carts. They had frames, the frames were between the cross pieces and on the frames between the cross pieces were lions, oxen and cherubim. On the cross pieces there was a pedestal above and below the lions and oxen were wreaths of hanging work. Each cart had four bronze wheels with bronze axles. Underneath the four corners of the basin were cast supports each next to a wreath. And the water cart's opening inside the crown on top was 18 inches wide. The opening was round made as a pedestal 27 inches wide. On it were carvings but their frames were square not round. There were four wheels under the frames and the wheels axles were part of the water cart. Each wheel was 27 inches tall. The wheel's design was similar to that of chariot wheels. Their axles, rims, spokes and hubs were all made of cast metal. Four supports were at the four corners of each water cart. Each support was one piece with the water cart. At the top of the cart was a band nine inches high encircling it. Also at the top of the cart its braces and its frames were one piece with it. He engraved cherubim, lions and palm trees on the plates of its braces and on its frames wherever each had space with encircling wreaths. In this way he made the ten water carts using the same casting dimensions and shape for all of them. Then he made ten bronze basins, each basin holding 220 gallons and each was six feet wide, one basin for each of the ten water carts. 
He set five water carts on the right side of the temple and five on the left side. He put the reservoir near the right side of the temple toward the southeast. Then Hiram made the basins, the shovels and the sprinkling basins. So Hiram finished all the work that he was doing for King Solomon on the Lord's temple. Two pillars, bowls for the capitals that were on top of the two pillars. The two gratings for covering both bowls of the capitals that were on top of the pillars. The 400 pomegranates for the two gratings. Two rows of pomegranates for each grating, covering both capitals' bowls on top of the pillars. The ten water carts, the ten basins on the water carts. The reservoir, the twelve oxen underneath the reservoir. And the pots, shovels and sprinkling basins. All the utensils that Haram made for King Solomon at the Lord's Temple were made of burnished bronze. The king had them cast in clay moulds in the Jordan Valley between Succoth and Zarathan. Solomon left all utensils unweighed because there were so many. The weight of the bronze was not determined. Solomon also made all the equipment in the Lord's Temple. The gold altar, the gold table that the bread of the presence was placed on. The pure gold lampstands in front of the inner sanctuary, five on the right and five on the left. The gold flowers, lamps and tongs. The pure gold ceremonial bowls. Wick trimmers, sprinkling basins, ladles and fire pans. And the gold hinges for the doors of the inner temple. That is the most holy place and for the doors of the temple sanctuary. Then we read Second Chronicles chapter 3 verse 15 to chapter 4 verse 22 to finish today. In front of the temple he made two pillars each 27 feet high. The capital on top of each was seven and a half feet high. He had some chain work in the inner sanctuary and also put it on top of the pillars. He made a hundred pomegranates and fastened them into the chain work. Then he set up the pillars in front of the sanctuary one on the right and one on the left. He named the one on the right Jashin and the one on the left Boaz. He made a bronze altar 30 feet long, 30 feet wide and 15 feet high. Then he made the cast metal reservoir, 15 feet from brim to brim perfectly round. It was 7.5 feet high and 45 feet in circumference. The likeness of oxen was below it, completely encircling it, 10 every half yard, completely surrounding the reservoir. The oxen were cast in two rows when the reservoir was cast. It stood on twelve oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south and three facing east. The reservoir was on top of them and all their hindquarters were toward the centre. The reservoir was three inches thick and its rim was fashioned like the brim of a cup or a lily blossom. It could hold eleven thousand gallons. He made ten basins for washing and he put five on the right and five on the left. The parts of the burnt offering were rinsed in them, but the reservoir was used by the priests for washing. He made the ten gold lampstands according to their specifications and put them in the sanctuary, five on the right and five on the left. He made ten tables and placed them in the sanctuary, five on the right and five on the left. He also made one hundred gold bowls. He made the courtyard of the priests and the large court and doors for the court. He overlaid the doors with bronze. He put the reservoir on the right side toward the southeast. Then Haram made the pots, the shovels and the bowls. So Haram finished all the work that he was doing for King Solomon on the Lord's Temple. Two pillars, bowls for the capitals that were on top of the two pillars. The two gratings for covering both bowls of the capitals that were on top of the pillars. The 400 pomegranates for the two gratings. Two rows of pomegranates for each grating, covering both capitals' bowls on top of the pillars. The ten water carts, the ten basins on the water carts the reservoir, the twelve oxen underneath the reservoir, and the pots, shovels and sprinkling basins. All the utensils that Haram made for King Solomon at the Lord's Temple were made of burnished bronze. 
The king had them cast in clay moulds in the Jordan Valley between Succoth and Zarathan. Solomon left all utensils unweighed because there were so many. The weight of the bronze was not determined. Solomon also made all the equipment in the Lord's temple, the gold altar, the gold table that the bread of the presence was placed on, the pure gold lampstands in front of the inner sanctuary, five on the right and five on the left, the gold flowers, lamps and tongs, the pure gold ceremonial bowls, wick trimmers, sprinkling basins, ladles and fire pans, and the entryway to the temple, its inner doors to the most holy place, and the doors of the temple sanctuary of gold. And there we end, day 136. Day 137, we continue again through First Kings and Second Chronicles along with a few Psalms today. And we begin by reading First Kings chapter 7, verse 51, to chapter 8, verse 11. So all the work King Solomon did in the Lord's temple was completed. Then Solomon brought in the consecrated things of his father David, the silver, the gold, and the utensils, and put them in the treasuries of the Lord's temple. At that time Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the tribal heads and the ancestral leaders of the Israelites before him at Jerusalem, in order to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant from Zion, the city of David. So all the men of Israel were assembled in the presence of King Solomon in the seventh month, the month of Ethanim, at the festival. All the elders of Israel came and the priests picked up the Ark. The priests and the Levites brought the Ark of the Lord, the tent of meeting, and the holy utensils that were in the tent. King Solomon and the entire congregation of Israel who had gathered around him and were with him in front of the ark were sacrificing sheep and cattle that could not be counted or numbered because there were so many. The priests brought the ark of the Lord's covenant to its place into the inner sanctuary of the temple to the most holy place beneath the wings of the cherubim for the cherubim were spreading their wings over the place of the ark so that the cherubim covered the ark and its poles from above. The poles were so long that their ends were seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but they were not seen from outside the sanctuary. They are there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had put there at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites when they came out of the land of Egypt. When the priests came out of the holy place, the cloud filled the Lord's temple, and because of the cloud the priests were not able to continue ministering, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And then we read the same in Second Chronicles chapter 5 from verse 1 to 14. So all the work Solomon did for the Lord's temple was completed. Then Solomon brought the consecrated things of his father David, the silver, the gold and all utensils, and put them in the treasuries of God's temple. At that time Solomon assembled at Jerusalem the elders of Israel, all the tribal heads, the ancestral chiefs of the Israelites, in order to bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord up from the city of David, that is Zion. So all the men of Israel were assembled in the king's presence at the festival. This was in the seventh month. All the elders of Israel came and the Levites picked up the Ark. They brought up the Ark, the tent of meeting, and the holy utensils that were in the tent. The priests and the Levites brought them up. King Solomon and the entire congregation of Israel who had gathered around him were in front of the ark sacrificing sheep and cattle that could not be counted or numbered because there were so many. The priests brought the ark of the Lord's covenant to its place, into the inner sanctuary of the temple, to the most holy place beneath the wings of the cherubim. And the cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark so that the cherubim formed a cover above the ark and its poles. 
The poles were so long that their ends were seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but they were not seen from outside. They are there to this very day. Nothing was in the ark except the two tablets that Moses had put in it at Horeb, where the Lord had made a covenant with the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. When the priests came out of the holy place, for all the priests who were present had consecrated themselves regardless of their tour of duty, the Levitical singers of Asaph, of Haman, of Jeduthun, and of their sons and their relatives, dressed in fine linen with cymbals, harps, and lyres, were standing east of the altar, and with them were a hundred and twenty priests blowing trumpets. The trumpeters and singers joined together to praise and thank the Lord with one voice. They raised their voices accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and musical instrument in praise to the Lord, for he is good, his faithful love endures forever. The temple, the Lord's temple, was filled with a cloud, and because of the cloud the priests were not able to continue ministering, for the glory of the Lord filled God's temple. And then we read Psalm 118, verse 1 to 4, and then verse 29. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his faithful love endures forever. Let Israel say, his faithful love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his faithful love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And then we read Psalm 115, verse 1 to 18. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory, because of your faithful love, because of your truth. Why should the nations say, Where is their God? Our God is in heaven and does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throats. Those who make them are just like them, as are all who trust in them. Israel, trust in the Lord, he is their help and shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord, he is their help and shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord, he is their help and shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord add to your numbers, both yours and your children's. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the human race. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, nor any of those descending into the silence of death. But we will praise the Lord both now and forever. Hallelujah. And then Psalm 134, verse 1 to 3. Now praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand in the Lord's house at night. Lift up your hands in the holy place and praise the Lord. May the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. And Psalm 135, verse 21. May the Lord be praised from Zion. He dwells in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And Psalm 136, verse 1 to 26. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love is eternal. Give thanks to the God of gods, his love is eternal. Give thanks to the Lord of hosts, his love is eternal. He alone does great wonders, his love is eternal. He made the heavens skillfully, his love is eternal. He spread the land and the waters, his love is eternal. He made the great lights, his love is eternal. The sun to rule by day, his love is eternal. The moon and stars to rule by night, his love is eternal. He struck the firstborn of the Egyptians, his love is eternal. 
and brought Israel out from among them, his love is eternal. With a strong hand and outstretched arm, his love is eternal. He divided the Red Sea, his love is eternal, and led Israel through, his love is eternal. But hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his love is eternal. He led his people in the wilderness, his love is eternal. He struck down great kings, his love is eternal, and slaughtered famous kings, his love is eternal. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his love is eternal, and Og, king of Bashan, his love is eternal, and gave their land as an inheritance, his love is eternal. An inheritance to Israel, his servant, his love is eternal. He remembered us in our humiliation, his love is eternal, and rescued us from our foes, his love is eternal. He gives food to every creature, his love is eternal. Give thanks to the God of heaven, his love is eternal. Then we read 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 12 to 21. Then Solomon said, The Lord said that he would dwell in thick darkness, but I have indeed built an exalted temple for you, a place for your dwelling forever. The king turned around and blessed the entire congregation of Israel while they were standing. He said, May the Lord God of Israel be praised. He spoke directly to my father David, and he has fulfilled the promise by his power. He said, Since the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city to build a temple in among any of the tribes of Israel, so that my name would be there. But I have chosen David to rule my people Israel. It was in the desire of my father David to build a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, Since it was your desire to build a temple for my name, you have done well to have this desire. Yet you are not the one to build it. Instead, your son, your own offspring, will build it for my name. The Lord has fulfilled what he promised. I have taken the place of my father David, and I sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised. I have built a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. I have provided a place there for the ark where the Lord's covenant is that he made with our ancestors when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. And we read the same in Second Chronicles 6, verse 1-11 to finish today. Then Solomon said, The Lord said he would dwell in thick darkness, but I have built an exalted temple for you, a place for your residence forever. Then the king turned and blessed the entire congregation of Israel while they were standing. He said, May the Lord God of Israel be praised. He spoke directly to my father David, and he has fulfilled the promise by his power. He said, Since the day I brought my people Israel out of the land of Egypt, I have not chosen a city to build a temple in among any of the tribes of Israel, so that my name would be there. And I have not chosen a man to be ruler over my people Israel, but I have chosen Jerusalem so that my name will be there, and I have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of my father David to build a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. However, the Lord said to my father David, Since it was your desire to build a temple for my name, you have done well to have this desire. Yet you are not the one to build a temple, but your son, your own offspring, will build the temple for my name. So the Lord has fulfilled what he promised. I have taken the place of my father David, and I sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised. I have built the temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. I have put the ark there where the Lord's covenant is that he made with the Israelites. And there we end, day 137. Day 138, and we continue through the story of Solomon in 1 Kings and 2 Chronicles. Uh, And today's... Solomon's prayer, um, uh, and it basically is repeated in First Kings chapter eight and Second Chronicles. 
Uh, and so what I'm going to do, I'm going to read through from 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 22, through to chapter 8, verse 61. Uh, and then we'll go back and we'll read the same in Chronicles from 2 Chronicles 6, verse 12, through to 2 Chronicles 6, verse 42. So we begin at 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 22. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire congregation of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. He said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below, keeping the gracious covenant with your servants who walk before you with their whole heart. You have kept what you promised to your servant, my father David. You spoke directly to him and you fulfilled your promise by your power as it is today. Therefore, Lord God of Israel, keep what you have promised to your servant, my father David. You will never fail to have a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel, if only your sons guard their walk before me as you have walked before me. Now, Lord God of Israel, please confirm what you promised to your servant, my father David. But will God indeed live on earth? Even heaven, the highest heaven, cannot contain you, much less this temple I have built. Listen to your servant's prayer and his petition, Lord my God so that you may hear the cry and the prayer that your servant prays before you today, so that your eyes may watch over this temple night and day, toward the place where you have said, My name will be there, and so that you may hear the prayer that your servant prays toward this place. Hear the petition of your servant and your people Israel, which they pray toward this place. May you hear in your dwelling place in heaven, may you hear and forgive. When a man sins against his neighbour and is forced to take an oath, and he comes to make an oath before your altar in his temple, may you hear in heaven and act. May you judge your servant condemning the wicked by bringing what he has done in his own head, and providing justice for the righteous by rewarding him according to his righteousness. When your people Israel are defeated before an enemy, because they have sinned against you and they return to you and praise your name, and they pray and plead with you for mercy in this temple, may you hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel. May you restore them to the land you gave their ancestors. When the skies are shut and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, and they pray toward this place and praise your name, and they turn from their sins because you are afflicting them, may you hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants and your people Israel, so that you may teach them the good way they should walk in. May you send rain on your land that you gave your people for an inheritance. When there is famine on the earth, when there is pestilence, when there is blight, mildew, locust or grasshopper, when their enemy besieges them in the region of their fortified cities, when there is any plague or illness, whatever prayer or petition anyone from your people Israel might have, each man knowing his own afflictions and spreading out his hands toward this temple, may you hear in heaven your dwelling place and may you forgive, act and repay the man according to all his ways, since you know his heart for you alone know every human heart, so that they may fear you all the days they live in the land you gave our ancestors. Even for the foreigner who is not of your people Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name, for they will hear of your great name, mighty hand and outstretched arm, and will come and pray toward this temple. May you hear in heaven your dwelling place, and do according to all the foreigner asks you for, Then all the people on earth will know your name, to fear you as your people Israel do, and know that this temple I have built is called by your name. When your people go out to fight against their enemies, wherever you send them, 
and they pray to the Lord in the direction of the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name. May you hear their prayer and petition in heaven and uphold their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you are angry with them and hand them over to the enemy and their captors deport them to the enemy's country, whether distant or nearby, and when they come to their senses in the land where they were deported and repent and petition you in their captors' land, We have sinned and done wrong, we have been wicked. And when they return to you with their whole mind and heart in the land of their enemies who took them captive, and when they pray to you in the direction of their land that you gave their ancestors, the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name, may you hear in heaven your dwelling place, their petition and prayer and uphold their cause. May you forgive your people who sinned against you and all their rebellions against you, And may you give them compassion in the eyes of their captors, so that they may be compassionate to them. For they are your people and your inheritance. You brought them out of Egypt, out of the middle of an iron furnace. May your eyes be open to your servants' petition and to the petition of your people Israel, listening to them whenever they call on you. For you, Lord God, have set them apart as your inheritance from all the people on the earth, as you spoke through your servant Moses, when you brought their ancestors out of Egypt. When Solomon finished praying this entire prayer and petition before the Lord, he got up from kneeling before the altar of the Lord with his hands spread out toward heaven, and he stood and blessed the whole congregation of Israel with a loud voice. May the Lord be praised. He has given rest to his people Israel according to all he has said. Not one of all the good promises he made through his servant Moses has failed. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he not abandon us or leave us. May he incline our hearts toward him to walk in all his ways and to keep his commands, ordinances and judgments which he commanded our ancestors. May my words I have made my petition with before the Lord be near the Lord our God day and night so that he may uphold his servant's cause and the cause of his people Israel as each day requires and so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God, there is no other. Let your heart be completely devoted to the Lord our God, to walk in his... Then we go back and read from the same in Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 12 through to 42. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire congregation of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. He said... Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below, keeping the gracious covenant with your servants who walk before you with their whole heart. You have kept what you promised to your servant, my father David. You spoke directly to him and you fulfilled your promise by your power as it is today. Therefore, Lord God of Israel, keep what you have promised to your servant, my father David. You will never fail to have a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel, If only your sons guard their walk before me, as you have walked before me. Now, Lord God of Israel, please confirm what you promised to your servant, my father David. But will God indeed live on earth? Even heaven, the highest heaven, cannot contain you, much less this temple I have built. Listen to your servant's prayer and his petition, Lord my God, so that you may hear the cry and the prayer that your servant prays before you today so that your eyes may watch over this temple night and day, toward the place where you have said, My name will be there, and so that you may hear the prayer that your servant prays toward this place. Hear the petition of your servant and your people Israel, 
which they pray toward this place. May you hear in your dwelling place in heaven. May you hear and forgive. When a man sins against his neighbour and is forced to take an oath, and he comes to make an oath before your altar in his temple, may you hear in heaven and act. May you judge your servant condemning the wicked by bringing what he has done in his own head, and providing justice for the righteous by rewarding him according to his righteousness. When your people Israel are defeated before an enemy, because they have sinned against you and they return to you and praise your name, and they pray and plead with you for mercy in this temple, may you hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel. May you restore them to the land you gave you their ancestors. When the skies are shut and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, and they pray toward this place and praise your name, and they turn from their sins because you are afflicting them, may you hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants and your people Israel, so that you may teach them the good way they should walk in. May you send rain on your land that you gave your people for an inheritance. When there is famine on the earth, when there is pestilence, when there is blight, mildew, locust or grasshopper, when their enemy besieges them in the region of their fortified cities, when there is any plague or illness, whatever prayer or petition anyone from your people Israel might have, each man knowing his own afflictions and spreading out his hands toward this temple, may you hear in heaven your dwelling place and may you forgive, act and repay the man according to all his ways, since you know his heart, for you alone know every human heart, so that they may fear you all the days they live in the land you gave our ancestors. Even for the foreigner who is not of your people Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name, for they will hear of your great name, mighty hand and outstretched arm, and will come and pray toward this temple. May you hear in heaven your dwelling place, and do according to all the foreigner asks you for, then all the people on earth will know your name, to fear you as your people Israel do, and know that this temple I have built is called by your name. When your people go out to fight against their enemies, wherever you send them, and they pray to the Lord in the direction of the city you have chosen, and the temple I have built for your name, may you hear their prayer and petition in heaven, and uphold their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you are angry with them, and hand them over to the enemy, and their captors deport them to the enemy's country, whether distant or nearby. And when they come to their senses in the land where they were deported, and repent and petition you in their captors' land, we have sinned and done wrong, we have been wicked. And when they return to you with their whole mind and heart in the land of their enemies who took them captive, and when they pray to you in the direction of their land that you gave their ancestors, the city you have chosen, and the temple I have built for your name, may you hear in heaven your dwelling place, their petition and prayer, and uphold their cause. May you forgive your people who sinned against you. Now, my God, please let your eyes be open and your ears attentive to the prayer of this place. Now, therefore, arise, Lord God, come to your resting place, you and the ark that shows your strength. May your priests, Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and may your godly people rejoice in goodness. Lord God, do not reject your anointed one. Remember the loyalty of your servant David. And there we end, day 138. Day 139, and we continue again through First Kings and Second Chronicles. And then we go into Song of Solomon at the end of today. And we begin at Second Chronicles chapter 7. 
And we read verse 1 to verse 10. When Solomon finished praying, fire descended from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests were not able to enter the Lord's temple because the glory of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord. All the Israelites were watching when the fire descended and the glory of the Lord came on the temple. They bowed down with their faces to the ground and the pavement. They worshipped and praised the Lord, for he is good, his faithful love endures forever. The king and all the people were offering sacrifices in the Lord's presence. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep. In this manner, the king and all the people dedicated God's temple. The priests were standing at their stations, as were the Levites with the musical instruments of the Lord, which King David had made to praise the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. When David offered praise with them, across from them all priests were blowing trumpets and all the people were standing. Solomon consecrated the middle of the courtyard that was in front of the Lord's temple, because that was where he offered the burnt offerings and the fat of the fellowship offerings, since the bronze altar that Solomon had made could not accommodate the burnt offering, the grain offering, and the fat of the fellowship offerings. So Solomon and all Israel with him, a very great assembly from the entrance to Hamath to the brook of Egypt, observed the festival at that time for seven days. On the eighth day they held a sacred assembly, for the dedication of the altar lasted seven days, and this festival seven days. On the twenty-third day of the seventh month, he sent the people away to their tents, rejoicing and with happy hearts, for the goodness the Lord had done for David, for Solomon, and for his people Israel. Then we read the same in First Kings chapter eight, verse sixty-two to sixty-six. The king and all Israel were with him, offering sacrifices in the Lord's presence. Solomon offered a sacrifice of fellowship offerings to the Lord: twenty-two thousand cattle and one hundred and twenty thousand sheep. In this manner the king and all the Israelites dedicated the Lord's temple. On the same day the king consecrated the middle of the courtyard that was in front of the Lord's temple, because that was where he offered the burnt offering, the grain offering, and the fat of the fellowship offerings. Since the bronze altar before the Lord was too small to accommodate the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the fat of the fellowship offerings, Solomon and all Israel with him, a great assembly from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt, Observed the festival at that time in the presence of the Lord our God, seven days and seven more days, fourteen days. On the fifteenth day he sent the people away, so they blessed the king and went home to their tents rejoicing and with joyful hearts for all the goodness that the Lord had done for his servant David and for his people Israel. Then we read Psalm 99 verse 1 to 9. The Lord reigns, let the peoples tremble. He is enthroned above the cherubim, let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion, he is exalted above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awe-inspiring name, he is holy. The mighty king loves justice. You have established fairness, you have administered justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God, by and worship at his footstool, he is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those calling on his name. They called to the Lord and he answered them, he spoke to them in a pillar of cloud. They kept his decrees and the statutes he gave them. Lord our God, you answered them. You were a God who forgave them, but punished their misdeeds. Exalt the Lord our God, bow and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. And then Psalm 100, verse 1 to 5. Shout triumphantly to the Lord, all the earth. 
Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love is eternal. His faithfulness endures through all generations. Then we read 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 1-9. to When Solomon finished building the temple of the Lord, the royal palace, and all that Solomon desired to do, the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time just as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. The Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and petition you have made before me. I have consecrated this temple you have built to put my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there at all times. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked, with integrity of heart and uprightness, doing everything I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and ordinances, I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever, as I promised your father David. You will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. If you or your sons turn away from following me and do not keep my commands, my statutes that I have set before you, and if you go and serve other gods and worship them, I will cut off Israel from the land I gave them, and I will reject the temple I have sanctified for my name. Israel will become an object of scorn and ridicule among all the peoples. Though this temple is now exalted, every passerby will be appalled and will hiss. They will say, Why did the Lord do this to this land and this temple? Then they will say, Because they abandoned the Lord their God who brought their ancestors out of the land of Egypt. They clung to other gods and worshipped and served them. Because of this the Lord brought all this ruin on them. And then we read Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 11 to 22. So Solomon finished the Lord's temple and the royal palace. Everything that had entered Solomon's heart to do for the Lord's temple and for his own palace succeeded. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple of sacrifice. If I close the sky so there is no rain, or if I command the grasshopper to consume the land, or if I send pestilence on my people and my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. My eyes will now be open and my ears attentive to prayer from this place. And I have now chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there at all times. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked, doing everything I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and ordinances, I will establish your royal throne as I promised your father David. You will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. However, if you turn away and abandon my statutes and my commands that I have set before you, and if you go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot Israel from the soil that I gave them. And this temple that I have sanctified for my name I will banish from my presence. I will make it an object of scorn and ridicule among all the peoples. As for this temple which was exalted, every passerby will be appalled and will say, Why did the Lord do this to this land and this temple? Then they will say, Because they abandoned the Lord God of their ancestors who brought them out of the land of Egypt. They clung to other gods and worshipped and served them. Because of this he brought all this ruin on them. Then we read on from Second Chronicles chapter 8. Verse 1 to 3. At the end of twenty years during which Solomon had built the Lord's temple and his own palace, 
Solomon having rebuilt the cities, Haram gave him and having settled the Israelites there, Solomon went to Hamath Zubah and seized it. And 1 Kings chapter 9 verse 10 to 14. At the end of twenty years during which Solomon had built the two houses, the Lord's temple and the royal palace, Hiram king of Tyre, having supplied him with cedar and cypress logs and gold for his every wish, King Solomon gave Hiram twenty towns in the land of Galilee. So Hiram went out from Tyre to look over the towns that Solomon had given him, but he was not pleased with them. So he said, What are these towns you've given me, my brother? So he called them the land of Kabul, as they are still called today. Now Hiram had sent the king nine thousand pounds of gold. And then we jump just through to 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 24. Pharaoh's daughter moved from the city of David to the house that Solomon had built for her. He then built the terraces. And Second Chronicles chapter 8, verse 11. Solomon brought the daughter of Pharaoh from the city of David to the house he had built for her. For he said, My wife must not live in the house of David, king of Israel, because the places to which the ark of the Lord has come are holy. And then we begin the Song of Solomons, and today, and to finish today, we read chapter 1, verse 1 to 17. Oh, that he would kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine, the fragrance of your perfume is intoxicating, your name is perfume poured out. No wonder young women adore you, take me with you, let us hurry, oh, that the king would bring me to his chambers. We will rejoice and be glad for you. We will praise your love more than wine. It is only right that they adore you. Daughters of Jerusalem, I am dark like the tents of Kedar, yet lovely like the curtains of Solomon. Do not stare at me because I am dark, for the sun has gazed on me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me a keeper of the vineyards. I have not kept my own vineyard. Tell me, you, the one I love, where do you pasture your sheep? Where do you let them rest at noon? Why should I be like the one who veils herself beside the flocks of your companions? If you do not know, most beautiful of woman, follow the tracks of the flock and pasture your young goats near the shepherd's tents. I compare you, my darling, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariots. Your cheeks are beautiful with jewellery, your neck with its necklace. We will make gold jewellery for you, accented with silver. While the king is on his couch, my perfume releases its fragrance. My love is a sachet of myrrh to me, spending the night between my breasts. My love is a cluster of henna blossoms to me in the vineyards of Engeri. How beautiful you are, my darling, how very beautiful, your eyes are doves. How handsome you are, my love, how delightful, our bed is lush with foliage, the beams of our house are cedars and our rafters are cypresses. And there we end, day 139. Day 140, and we continue through Song of Solomons and finish off Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, as it's also known, beginning at chapter 2, verse 1, and reading through to the end of chapter 8, verse 14. I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. Like a lily among thorns, so is my darling among the young women. Like an apricot tree among the trees of the forest, so is my love among the young men. I delight to sit in his shade, and his fruit is sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banquet hall, and he looked on me with love. Sustain me with raisins, refresh me with apricots, for I am lovesick. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand embraces me. Young woman of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and the wild does of the field. 
Do not stir up or awaken love until the appropriate time. Listen, my love is approaching. Look, here he comes, leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My love is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, he is standing behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. My love calls to me. Arise, my darling, come away, my beautiful one. For now the winter is past, the rain has ended and gone away. The blossoms appear in the countryside. The time of singing has come and the turtle dove's cooing is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs, the blossoming vines give off their fragrance. Arise, my darling, come away, my beautiful one. My dove in the clefts of the rock and the crevices of the cliff, let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, for our vineyards are in bloom. My love is mine and I am his, he feeds among the lilies. Before the day breaks and the shadows flee, turn to me, my love, and be like a gazelle or a young stag on the divided mountains. In bed at night I sought the one I love. I sought him but did not find him. I will arise now and go about the city, through the streets and the plazas. I will seek the one I love. I sought him but did not find him. The guards who go about the city found me. Have you seen the one I love? I asked them. I had just passed them when I found the one I love. I held on to him and would not let him go until I brought him to my mother's house, to the chamber of the one who conceived me. Young woman of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and the wild does of the field. Do not stir up or awaken love until the appropriate time. What is this coming up from the wilderness like columns of smoke, scented with myrrh and frankincense from every fragrant powder of the merchant? It is Solomon's royal litter surrounded by sixty warriors from the mighty of Israel. All of them are skilled with swords and trained in warfare. Each has his sword at his side to guard against the terror of the night. King Solomon made a sedan chair for himself with wood from Lebanon. He made its posts of silver, its back of gold and its seat of purple. Its interior is inlaid with love by the young woman of Jerusalem. Come out, young woman of Zion, and gaze at King Solomon, wearing the crown his mother placed in him the day of his wedding, the day of his heart's rejoicing. How beautiful you are, my darling, how very beautiful. Behind your veil, your eyes are doves, your hair is like a flock of goats streaming down Mount Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of newly shorn sheep coming up from washing, each one having a twin and not one missing. Your lips are like a scarlet cord and your mouth is lovely. Behind your veil, your brow is like a slice of pomegranate. Your neck is like the Tower of David constructed in layers. A thousand bucklers are hung in it, all of them shields of warriors. Your breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle at feet among the lilies. Before the day breaks and the shadows flee, I will make my way to the mountain of myrrh and the hill of frankincense. You are absolutely beautiful, my darling, with no imperfection in you. Come with me from Lebanon, my bride, with me from Lebanon. Descend from the peak of Amana, from the summit of Sinir and Hermon, from the dens of the lions, from the mountains of the leopards. You have captured my heart, my sister, my bride. You have captured my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. How delightful your love is, my sister and my bride. Your love is much better than wine and the fragrance of your perfume than any balsam. Your lips drip sweetness like the honeycomb, my bride. Honey and milk are under your tongue. The fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. My sister, my bride, you are a locked garden, a locked garden and a sealed spring. Your branches are a paradise of pomegranates with choicest fruits. 
henna with nard, nard and saffron, calamus with cinnamon, with all the trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloes, with all the best spices. You are a garden spring, a well of flowing water streaming from Lebanon. Awaken, north wind, come, south wind, blow in my garden and spread the fragrance of its spices. Let my love come to his garden and eat its choicest fruit. I have come to my garden, my sister, my bride. I gather my myrrh with my spices. I eat my honeycomb with my honey. I drink my wine with my milk. Eat, friend. Drink, be intoxicated with love. I sleep, but my heart is awake. A sound, my love is knocking. Open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is drenched with dew, my hair with droplets of the night. I have taken off my clothing. How can I put it back on? I have washed my feet. How can I get them dirty? My love thrust his hand through the opening, and my feelings were stirred for him. I rose to open for my love. My hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with flowing myrrh in the handles of the bolt. I opened to my love, but my love had turned and gone away. I was crushed that he had left. I sought him, but did not find him. I called him, but he did not answer. The guards who go about the city found me. They beat me and wounded me. They took my cloak from me, the guardians of the wall. Young woman of Jerusalem, I charge you, if you find my love, tell him that I am lovesick. What makes the one you love better than another, most beautiful of women? What makes him better than another that you would give us this charge? My love is fit and strong, notable among ten thousand. His head is pure as gold, his hair is wavy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves beside streams of water, washed in milk and set like jewels. His cheeks are like the beds of spices, towers of perfume. His lips are lilies dripping with flowing myrrh. His arms are rods of gold set with topaz. His body is an ivory panel covered with sapphire. His legs are alabaster pillars set on pedestals of pure gold. His presence is like Lebanon, as majestic as the cedars. His mouth is sweetness. He is absolutely desirable. This is my love and this is my friend, young woman of Jerusalem. Where has your love gone, most beautiful of women? Which way has he turned? We will seek him with you. My love has gone down to his garden, to beds of spice, to feed in the gardens and gather lilies. I am my love's and my love is mine. He feeds among the lilies. You are as beautiful as Tirzah, my darling, lovely as Jerusalem, awe-inspiring as an army with banners. Turn your eyes away from me, for they captivate me. Your hair is like a flock of goats streaming down from Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of ewes coming up from washing, each one having a twin and not one missing. Behind your veil your brow is like a slice of pomegranate. There are sixty queens and eighty concubines and young women without number. But my dove, my virtuous one, is unique. She is the favourite of her mother, perfect to the one who gave her birth. Women see her and declare her fortunate. Queens and concubines also, and they sing her praises. Who is this who shines like the dawn, as beautiful as the moon, bright as the sun, awe-inspiring as an army with banners? I came down to the walnut grove to see the blossoms of the valley, to see if the vines were budding and the pomegranates blooming. Before I knew it, my desire put me among the chariots of my noble people. Come back, come back, Shulamanite. Come back, come back, that we may look at you. Why are you looking at the Shulamanite? as you look at the dance of the two camps. How beautiful are your sandaled feet, princess. The curves of your thighs are like jewellery, the handiwork of a master. Your navel is a rounded bowl, it never lacks mixed wine. 
Your waist is a mound of wheat surrounded by lilies. Your breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. Your neck is like a tower of ivory. Your eyes like pools in Heshbon by the gate of Beth Rabim. Your nose is like the tower of Lebanon looking toward Damascus. Your head crowns you like Mount Carmel. The hair of your head like purple cloth. A king could be held captive in your tresses. How beautiful you are and how pleasant, my love, with such delights. Your stature is like a palm tree, your breasts are clusters of fruit. I said, I will climb the palm tree and take hold of its fruit. May your breasts be like clusters of grapes and the fragrance of your breath like apricots. Your mouth is like fine wine, flowing smoothly for my love, gliding past my lips and teeth. I belong to my love and his desire is for me. Come, my love, let's go to the field, let's spend the night among the henna blossoms. Let's go early to the vineyards, let's see if the vine has budded, if the blossom has opened, if the pomegranates are in bloom. There I will give you my love. The mandrakes give off a fragrance, and at our doors is every delicacy, new as well as old. I have treasured them up for you, my love. If only I could treat you like my brother, one who nursed at my mother's breasts. I would find you in public and kiss you, and no one would scorn me. I would lead you, I would take you to the house of my mother who taught me. I would give you spiced wine to drink from my pomegranate juice. His left hand is under my head and his right hand embraces me. Young woman of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not stir up or awaken love until the appropriate time. Who is this coming up from the the wilderness, leaning on the one she loves? I awakened you under the apricot tree. There your mother conceived you, there she conceived and gave you birth. Set me as a seal on your heart, as a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death, ardent love is as unrelenting as Sheol. Love's flames are fiery flames, the fiercest of all. Mighty waters cannot extinguish love, rivers cannot sweep it away. If a man were to give all his wealth for love, it would be utterly scorned. Our sister is young, she has no breasts. What will we do for our sister on the day she is spoken for? If she is a wall, we will build a silver parapet on it. If she is a door, we will enclose it with cedar planks. I am a wall in my breast like towers, so in his eyes I have become like one who finds peace. Solomon owned a vineyard in Balhamon. He leased a vineyard to tenants. Each was to bring for his fruit one thousand pieces of silver. I have my own vineyard. The one thousand are for you, Solomon, but two hundred for those who guard its fruits. You who dwell in the garden's companions are listening for your voice. Let me hear you. Hurry to me, my love, and be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountains of spices. There we end, day 140. There's some material for you, gentlemen, if you ever have to to write about your love. Um, But there we end, day 140 and week 20.